day, everyone. It's a beautiful day in the PsyQ community. Welcome to PsyQ Podcast. You are here with your podcast hosts, Dr. Zamika Simmons-Yan and Jackie Canning, where we will spill the tea on hot topics in psychiatry. That's right. Here on PsyQ Podcast, you will get the 10-minute lowdown on what's steaming in the world of psychiatry and mental health. We ask you to listen to the episodes, rate us, and review us. Better yet, share the Psyche Podcast with your friends, where we all can sip on the Psyche tea, and maybe have a side of lemon with it. I hope the Psyche community is filled with excitement, because we have a lot of tea to spill. It's a very bright day for you to open your ears, because we have a deep discussion for you today. I know you're ready to get the tea. So with us today is a special guest. I want you to grab your cup and let's sip together because our phenomenal guest, Kirby Williams, she will be spilling the tea on a very hot topic right now. We will be picking Kirby's brain about racial trauma in the workplace. But before we dive in, I want to give you a little background on our special guest. Kirby Williams is a psychiatric nurse practitioner in Virginia with over a decade of experience. In addition to her own clinical experience, Kirby gives back to the community. She devotes her time and and talents to precepting and mentoring graduate nursing students at various universities across the country. She is an active member of the American Psychiatric Nurses Association She's also a community advocate. Even more, Kirby is the founder and president of a new organization called the Black PMHNP Collective of Virginia. Now, this organization provides Black psychiatric nurse practitioners with support throughout their education and careers. Currently, Ms. Williams practices at a community mental health center in Richmond, providing management and support to patients of diverse backgrounds. So welcome, Kirby, and thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amika, for that wonderful introduction. And I appreciate you guys having me here to speak. Thank you. Yes, Kirby, the tea you are about to spill on this week's hot topic is so rich because it involves some sensitive but important matters, and that is racial trauma, and workplace mental health. And I'm going to just jump right in because I know our listeners want the tea. They want to know. So what is racial trauma and does it show up in the workplace amongst our providers? So racial trauma um, can go by various different names. Some people even call it race-based traumatic stress. And it has various different terminologies and definitions that you can find online. But the definition that I do like the most is pretty straightforward. It states that racial trauma is a mental and emotional toll that is caused by encounters of racial bias, ethnic discrimination, racism, or even hate crimes. And these kinds of encounters can be direct or indirect. Uh, indirect type of exposure or experience might include videos or news stories that discuss and detail mistreatment of persons of color. And then a more direct type encounter would include 
someone making an assumption about a person of color just based on their race. So maybe making an assumption about a certain type of music they might listen to. This absolutely can show up in the workplace for our mental health providers. And the highest probability is gonna be with mental health providers who come from racial and ethnic minority backgrounds. They're usually working in organizations or healthcare practices where they may be the only person of color or they just may be a few people of color who are providers. And so they can sometimes have experience where someone may have an assumption or express a stereotype through an interaction. And that interaction can come from a patient or family member that they're treating. It can come from a colleague or it can even come from a supervisor. It is important to note that most of these kinds of assumptions that are made are gonna be unintentional, but that doesn't mean they don't cause harm or emotional distress. So it does show up. Wow, thank you for that definition. Absolutely, and I, it's, it's very interesting to, to listen to that. And as a Black professional yourself, what challenges do Black mental health providers face in the workplace and how does it impact the provider's mental health? Um, I can think of several different challenges that will come up for Black mental health providers, uh, but just three that come to mind when you just ask that question um, is that there can be an experience of a Black mental health provider experiencing microaggressions. So microaggressions are going to be indirect, subtle, or unintentional acts of discrimination that are towards a marginalized group. So for example, with myself, something that I have noted being in different kinds of scenarios and work environments is that I'm often asked to be on a diversity committee if there is a diversity committee that comes up. It's kind of the first thing I'm asked about, oh, Kirby, do you want to be on this diversity committee? But when there are other committees, maybe about patient care or about uh, patient treatment plans, I'm not usually the first to be asked. And so what that turns into what that ends up feeling like is that, oh, I'm just being asked, you know, just because I'm Black, but not because they see me as anything else, even though I have a decade of experience in the field, even though I do some teaching and some other things as well. Also, another thing that can happen and that can be a challenge is that uh, when there are times for promotion or career advancement, and there are several other candidates who are going for that same promotion or career advancement, and if you're the only, or if I'm the only Black candidate and I don't get it, there's always something in the back of my mind that's like, oh, why didn't I get it? Does it have to do with my race? Does it have to do with me being Black? And even if that's not the case, because we do know that racial bias and racial discrimination does exist, it always just kind of weighs heavy in the back of your mind. And then there are occasions where I and other colleagues we've talked about where we would walk into a patient's room and the family member of the patient will say something that they think we are either housekeeping staff or they think we're dietary staff. Automatically, we're just automatically demoted. They don't think we're a part of the treatment team or provider at all. And those types of situations, you know, if they just happen once every blue moon, maybe it wouldn't feel as heavy. But if it's something that's happening, especially every day, several times a week, several times a month, hundreds of times during the year, then that can definitely cause issues with self-doubt, 
uh, poor self-confidence, poor job satisfaction, and lead to symptoms of depression and anxiety. And I read a recent article that talked about the link between experience of racial trauma and its link with absenteeism in the workplace. So, you know, those challenges of microaggression and, and even how it affects, you know, career development and even the racial bias, you know, that's that's really deep. And I really, really, really thank you for sharing your experience, Kirby. And I, I was thinking about the barriers, that, that greatest barrier that we face in society um, that has to do with shame and stigma. And it it comes with mental health overall, especially when it comes to our providers. And this might lead to us not want to talk about things in some cases, or even fear of getting help or seeking help for the mental health challenges that we experience. And when you have racial trauma on top of that or compounded with that, that's just a beast. So what type of strategies or what best strategies are there out there for black providers to use when they're going through this or encountering racial trauma and workplace stress? So there are definitely a lot of different things that a black provider can be able to do. And I'm by no means providing an exhaustive list, but just want to give you guys a few thoughts that came to mind. Uh, one thing I want to say is it is important to speak up. But I say that with a little bit of a caveat because it's if you feel comfortable. Sometimes, sadly, we are in some workplaces that are not supportive or we are in some workplaces where there might be possible retaliation, uh, nervousness about any kind of retaliation. And so, you know, it's very understandable if a person says, you know what, I don't want to speak up for the reason I want to protect, you know, my mental health. So I definitely understand that. Or also when you are going to speak up to a supervisor about it, there is the risk of being re-traumatized because you're going to be retelling an experience that happened to you. And if you feel that that might happen, then again, don't speak up. But if you feel like you're in a comfortable setting where you can share how you're feeling in an honest way with your supervisor, then definitely let them know what's going on. Detail the experience to them. Um, you also want to make sure that you're engaging in regular self-care practices. So is that something that you're going to be doing every day? Um, it can be something different every day, but you want to do something that brings you joy, something around people that you enjoy being with. And so I think that's going to be important. And then also you want to find a supportive network for yourself. And so that could look like uh, belonging to a social group where people there are people who look like you and have the same kind of ideas you have, and you can share your workplace stress stories and maybe get some ideas and information about, well, how did they manage it? How did they deal with it? Um, and it could also be more of a professional group if you choose. And those can be very helpful because there are going to be other professionals who are in your same career path or career field who you could really speak with. Um, earlier, Amika was doing my introduction and she mentioned that I did create a group, the Black PMHMP Collective of Virginia, and this is a group that can be found on Facebook. It's a support network of Black Psych MPs and Black Psych MP students. And though we love support from uh, very various, many different groups, this 
small group is just for Black Psych MPs and Black Psych MP students intentionally to create a safe space, a space where people can be able to share their stories, share their experiences, connect with others, but do so where they never ever have to feel that anyone is judging them or assuming things about them based on their race. And I think that's fantastic to have that type of support and that um, group ready and able to help give support to others. And I really like how you mentioned that it, you have to make sure that you're not re-traumatizing yourself and you have to be very cognizant of your own mental health when trying to speak up. And I think there's a big movement to speak up right now, but sometimes we all forget that will this do more harm than good in the short term? for you and what is the best way to still speak up, but do the best thing for your own mental health. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. So what can organization and employers do to provide support to black mental health providers who experience workplace stress or trauma? I definitely think this is a really good question. And I think it's a question that employers and organizations should ask of themselves several times a year, uh, several times a decade, as many times as it takes and something that they should continue to work on. But I do think some of the first steps would include acknowledgement. And that's like the very, very, very first step. Um, so acknowledging that racism and racial discrimination do exist in all aspects of healthcare. I think that's a great starting point because it lets everyone know in that organization that, okay, leadership already knows this exists and they're already identifying that it is a problem. Also leadership wants, what they wanna do is make sure that when someone does speak up like a black provider about any racial bias they encountered, about any encounter they had that even just felt uncomfortable, even if they weren't sure that it was race related, so to speak, that the black provider feels like they're being heard and they are really feeling understood and not like something's being swept under the rug. And I also believe that ongoing cultural competency training is important. That is something that can sometimes seem a little bit more formalized, but I think that having something consistent and continued several times a year is going to be helpful because again, that lets everyone in the organization know that this is important. It's important that we are culturally competent. It's important that we understand other cultures races, ethnicities um, at this at this practice or at this organization. And I also will say that with the cultural competency training, if it's something that you're doing regularly, that you're making sure that it is, you know, let's say once a quarter and not something just that is, okay, it's Black History Month, let's do something on cultural competency because it wouldn't feel as genuine. So you definitely want something that is going to be um, ongoing. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, uh, you know, Kirby, especially the importance of how leaders need to recognize, but also support that ongoing training um, for our our colleagues and for our teams and and just just for the different organizations and companies at overall. But you know what? This has been some really, really good tea. And my cup is still warm. I don't know about Jackie's. Jackie's, is your cup, cup warm? <laughs> It's steaming. It's steaming. So, Kirby, if you don't mind, can you give our listeners a side of lemon with their tea? Can you highlight um, some resources or any resources that might be helpful if, if someone wants to dive back in to learn more? Definitely. I do think there are two 
great webinars on PsychU that will be a great complement to this podcast. Uh, the first one is Addressing Racial Disparities in Healthcare for Black Americans, Bridging the Gap and Changing the Trajectory. Now, this was featuring Ms. Harriet Washington, Dr. William Lawson, and Dr. David Smith. And it speaks to the perspectives, experiences, and patient challenges. Because one thing I do think is important is that we recognize that Black mental health providers experience racial trauma, but we also need to recognize that Black patients can also experience racial trauma and have challenges as well in the healthcare system. And then I was honored to be a co-speaker on a second webinar called Addressing Racial Bias in Healthcare, Practice and Organizational Perspectives. And you can take a deeper dive into learning more about experience of Black mental health providers, as well as learning more about what organizations can do to end racial bias. And when you're ending racial bias, you're also creating an organization that is going to be inclusive of supportive and supportive of all of its members. And that's very important. Well, that sounds good. So our listeners can go straight to psyche.org and find that or look in the show notes for the links to those um, wonderful resources. Kirby, thank you so much. Thank you. This has really, really, really been good. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate being able to share this information. So there you have it. You've heard it for yourself right here on the Psyche Community Podcast. But you don't have to stop here. Definitely check out the show notes for the links to find more resources on today's discussion on psyche.org. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more hot topics right here on the Psyche Community Podcast, please rate and review us. And please subscribe so you always get the new episode whenever it drops. Also, check out our other social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. So until next time, thank you for listening, everyone, and have a great day.